Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch, and today we're back with my good friend and, and brother, uh, Lima Esene. Uh, today we have an interesting discussion um, as we're continuing our study of, of baptism, or uh, excuse me, our study of shadows in the Old Testament. Uh, just a quick reminder of what a shadow uh, is. A shadow is something that we read about in the Old Testament, particularly. We can also read about them in the New Testament, and it, it is a uh, it is the image that we have of something which is to come. We can't see what is to come entirely, uh, but we do have this image. So if you take it from the ancient Hebrews' perspective, they had many, many, many shadows of the things which were to come, such thing as, as uh, uh, we see shadows of Jesus in the Old Testament, Joseph being one of them. We see shadows of, of the temple, or excuse me, of the church, the temple being one of those shadows. And today we're going to discuss the, the many shadows of baptism. So, Lima, first thing I, I want to ask you is, if, when we're talking about baptism and, and the Old Testament, those two seem to be completely foreign or completely separate in, in most people's minds. So is there baptism in the Old Testament? Well, we, we know the Bible answer to that is, is yes. Um, uh, when Just to give us a verse uh, of what, uh, 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 what was explained about the definition of shadows, uh, you have in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, where the Hebrew writer says, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. Now, in, we know in that context, it's talking about how the animal sacrifices of the old law cannot save us or the blood of those sacrifices cannot forgive sins but it is the blood of jesus but in principle that that is what we're talking about the law had shadows of good things uh, that we read about in the new testament one of those good things is baptism as we're as we're studying right now yes the old testament has um uh types if you will or shadows or allusions to to the practice of baptisms it even has it has the very practice of it uh, for for different reasons right and, and so for example when we go to exodus chapter 30 right this is god giving moses instructions about uh the layout of the tabernacle what is necessary there and i want to begin from verse 17 through 21 Verse uh, Exodus 30, verse 17 through 21. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a laver of bronze, with its base also of bronze, 
for washings, right? For washings. And you shall put it in between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. And you shall put water in it. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. And when they go into the tab uh, when they go into the tabernacle of meeting, and when they come near the altar to minister and to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they die. And so they shall wash their hands and their feet lest they die, and it shall be a, a statue forever to them, to him and his descendants throughout their generations. Right? So this is a form of washings for the priest. Um, uh, this is definitely one of those shadows uh, to the concept, concept of baptism in the New Testament, as we read it in the New Testament, that before these priests would render service, they, they need to be cleansed. Mm -hmm. right? They need to be cleansed before they come to the Lord and perform one of the most important things in worship to the Lord. Right. And so uh, in the same way, a, a sinner today, right, to properly approach the Lord, we need to be washed of our dross or to, to wash our sins away before performing, you know, one of the most important duties there is, is to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So we already see that parallel uh, uh, between the washings of the priest and the washings of immersion in the New Testament. So, so we definitely have some shadows. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about how, how we can infer that that is indeed or in fact a, a shadow. But first thing I want to talk about, you mentioned that a priest had to be cleansed before they approached God. And whenever we look at Christians today, Peter tells us, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, you also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. So every Christian today is a priest. But in order Absolutely. for one to become a priest, a priest of God, they have to be cleansed. They have mm -hmm. to be they have to be washed. Now we'll get into because a lot of people have there's a lot of controversy in um, in in the world of, of Christendom around baptism. But how do how do we know that uh, the the Exodus is a indeed a shadow of the New Testament baptism, the baptism of Jesus Christ? Hebrews chapter 6, the Hebrews writer in Hebrews 6, beginning in verse 1, says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism, laying on hands the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. So there he says that that we're 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 moving on from uh, this from these things from the doctrine of baptism is one of those things that's included. Now how do we know what he's talking about here? The whole letter of Hebrews was written so to remind the Hebrew people to leave the the law and the prophets to move on to Jesus to move on to the perfect law of liberty. So therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, we don't leave the, the, the principles of the New Testament. We don't leave the perfect law of liberty, but we do move on from the old law, from the law and from the prophets. 
So therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, he's talking about the law and the prophets there. Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again. So this, this is everything that we, that we are leaving from, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, the works wherein nobody can be saved, the works of the law, and of faith towards God. We know that everybody who was ever saved under the old law was saved by their faith, the same thing that, that is uh, under the new law of the doctrine of baptisms. So why does he include the doctrine of baptisms as something of the Old Testament or of something of the law? Exactly what Lima read in Exodus 30. He's talking about the cleansing of the priest and what it represented, what it was a symbol of a, or a, uh, a shadow of. So what, what's some more, since we've discussed the, the, the cleansing of the priest, or the baptisms, um, there's, we, there's also reference to it in Leviticus as well. What are, what are a few more uh, shadows, that we, uh, shadows of baptism that we read about in the Old Testament? Well, uh, another one uh, that I put down, and I know you're going to cover the others, the, another one that I put down is in Exodus uh, 14, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 14, beginning in verse 14, you see the crossing of the Red Sea by the Israelites. And we know that in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul called that uh, their baptism uh, to Moses, right? And, and this is so important because we see in the New Testament, Moses is described as a type of Christ. Yes. He yes. is one of the, he's one of those people that was uh, a shadow to who the Christ would be. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and so uh, in, in like figure also, you have the, the crossing of the Red Sea by the Israelites as a baptism because they went in uh, on dry land with water on each side, a wall on each side. So in a sense, they were immersed. That's what the word means. Yes. They yes. were immersed uh, in the water and with the clouds on top of them. Uh, they were immersed in Moses. And, and, and so um, there is a reference in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 through and 4. That's, that's what Paul wrote, right? Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptizo, immersed into Moses, in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was christ so you have two shadows in this in this one passage one has to do with baptism right the crossing of the red sea the other shadow is that rock that moses was told to 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 smite and was also later told to uh, to speak to, but he didn't. That rock is Jesus. Right? So, so that rock is a shadow also, right? Mm -hmm. But we're talking about baptism. So that's one of the shadows of baptism is the crossing of the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians 10. I mean, there's a there's a lot of, of shadows. There's a lot of content. And of course, as with the rest of the Bible, there's a lot of content there, but there's a lot of content in First Corinthians 10. But one of the interesting things uh, about this occasion is 
everything it, it it embodies everything that baptism represents because if you remember before the red sea they were slaves they still had yeah. egypt behind them and egypt was going to the pharaoh was going to get them take them back into slavery or kill them yes but whenever they went into the sea the egyptians followed also and i believe that the egyptians that pharaoh was a representation of their sin because they were slaves to them they were slaves to to pharaoh and to egypt and absolutely. what are what is everybody? They are slaves to sin. Absolutely. And whenever they come out on the other side, all of their sin, the Pharaoh and the rest of the Egyptians, they remain. But now on the other side, they were cleansed. That past was in the past. It was left there. It was buried in uh, baptism. And the same thing goes for Christians, that whenever you enter into that watery grave and you come up out of it, all the sins, everything that binds you, that, that holds you back, that ties you down, all the sins and grievances of your past stay there. They're dead. And you're mm -hmm. a new creature. You're free. You have been delivered just as Moses and God delivered the, the Hebrews from bondage of the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Christians are delivered from the bondage of sin and death. So Absolutely. that one... That one's one in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, just like we made reference in Hebrews chapter 6, that mm -hmm. we certainly know that Exodus 30 is a shadow of baptism. And we know that the crossing of the Red Sea is a shadow of baptism because Paul tells us uh, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we read about it in 1 Corinthians 10. And there's one more that is explicitly stated in the New Testament, which is a shadow of baptism and this one is often used as, as somewhat a, a nail in the coffin in regards to the, the discussion of baptism. First uh, Peter chapter three, beginning in verse 20, uh, which sometime were disobedient. This is talking about the uh, those um, before the flood, when once the long suffering or the patience of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few that is, eight souls were saved by water. Verse 21, the light figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. But, he says, it's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but it is the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus. So, without the resurrection, baptism would mean nothing. And I think mm -hmm. that the same goes for Noah, that if he was never able to get off the ark, if the flood just remained forever, if he wasn't going to get off just as we come up out of the watery grave, then what was the point? Because he was going to die on the ark. And the same thing goes for us. We are saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but he says that baptism saves us by the resurrection of Jesus. And so that's one that is explicitly uh, told to us. And there's much more parallels that we could get into in regards to that one. But I want us to uh, discuss two more uh, shadows of baptism that we read about in the Old Testament. Now, these two are not explicitly stated. However, once you have a grasp of, of shadows and, and the typology, they're more clear to be shadows of baptism. One is in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 5. We read about a man uh, by the name of, of Naaman, and he was, a, he was a leper. And when we read verse 13, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, uh, 
so giving a little bit of recount of, of the, the, the occasion here, Naaman wanted a cure for his leprosy, and he heard about uh, a prophet of God, Elijah, uh, which Elijah was a prophet, and he was a Jew. And so he wanted to go to the prophet, to the man of God, to see if he could cure him of, of his leprosy. So he did just that. Uh, Elisha told him to go and dip into the Jordan, to the river Jordan, seven times to be cleansed. And then whenever he come up on the seventh time, that his, his flesh would be like a little child. So Naaman, verse 14, uh, after uh, some reluctancy, he went down, he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like into the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. So this is an example, and I like this one because you see a lot of reluctancy on behalf of many people to go down into the watery grave of baptism. Yes. And I think one of the things, it, it's what held Naaman back was that he thought that it was, it was too simple. It was almost too good to be true that if I'm going to be cured of my physical ailment, I just go dip into the water. Like why, why couldn't I go climb a grand mountain and make some, some grand sacrifices there? But today it seems like, well, that's for, for most people who are reluctant about baptism today, it's, it's almost as if it's, it's too much for them. Why would God require me to go and dip myself in the water to be completely immersed in the water? Why can't he just save me without it? If Naaman had it as this was something so simple how come today we make it out to be something so extravagant? It mm. is literally the representation of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, Romans chapter 6. Yes. So, Lima, do you have any, anything, any remarks on that one? Well, yeah, like, like when, when I think about the, the reluctancy of people to just follow what the Bible says, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why, why not just listen to God and be satisfied? Just like, just that, that is what Naaman was dealing with, right? The prophet, the man of God said, you go and dip in the Jordan. Yeah. And Naaman was like, well, you know, why not here? Why not, why not do this? Yeah, yeah. I want to do something great. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's, that's too simple. Um, for some reason, people are not satisfied with what God says. Yeah. They, they always want to improve or they always want to find something that, they, they, that, that maybe is more convenient, uh, more maybe more emotionally engaged yeah. Yeah. To, to follow. The Bible says, and, and Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you cannot be satisfied with those words of Jesus, then then you you won't be satisfied with with you know with what men would say you know yeah. like like why, 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 why if you won't be willing to listen to the Lord then 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 what's the point of having your faith in Him? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I'm yeah. Pers personally I'm thankful that I don't have to every year travel to Jerusalem with with. Uh, well, money or having having a lamb or doves or et cetera and sacrifice that that's extravagant. 
That's yes. extreme. I'm thankful that Jesus has made that sacrifice. All I have to do is a one-time thing, go into the water to grave of baptism and, and express my, con, uh, my confession in Jesus that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Yes, I, I have to remain faithful. There are still things that I'm required to do, but these are simple uh, human um, instructions. These are things that, that you should be doing anyway, uh, living a Christian life. Baptism is the only thing that it, that you could say is out of the ordinary. And it's a one-time thing. And whenever you do it, all the sins and the guilt of your past is in the past. It's left there. You don't carry them with you because Jesus has cleansed you. Now, there's one more that I want to mention, and that is the, the, the crossing of the Jordan River into the promised land. Uh, we know that Moses wasn't able to, to enter into the promised land. Joshua uh, brought the, the children of Israel into the promised land. But in order for them to do that, they first had to cross the River Jordan. And it, we won't be able to take the time and read the entire account, but there's there's quite a bit uh, given in detail about this crossing. And I believe that this as well is a representation of baptism. Uh, we, uh, we often um, refer to uh, the crossing of the Jordan River as a reference of death. And I believe that it is a, a shadow of, of death itself, that whenever you uh, that whenever you die, that you are crossing the River Jordan. That if you're yes. a Christian, you're entering into the Promised Land. However, with the River Jordan being water, and knowing that the church is the uh, the the promise of God, it is where the people of God uh, uh, dwell. It is the kingdom of God. It would stand to reason that the River Jordan is also a shadow. Of baptism itself. Baptism also uh, is is uh, mimics the death, burial, and resurrection. It mimics death. So it would make sense that whenever the children of Israel crossed into uh, the, the promised land by the River Jordan, that the, the people of God today, they become the people of God. They enter into the promised land uh, through baptism. Uh, that that uh, the the what the river jordan represented so one one final question and i think that we've we've really hit this uh in the entirety of of this discussion though but why baptism uh, why why would god require me to be baptized well um the new testament teaches us that that it it is a command of god because we we have that question like is baptism necessary for salvation? It's a popular question. You YouTube that question, you have all kinds of answers. Some of those answers say it's optional. Some of those answers say it, it's not required. And then some of the answers that you find there, it is required, right? But perhaps the better question is, is like, um, instead of asking, is baptism necessary for salvation? Maybe ask the question, is baptism commanded by God? Mm -hmm. You know, because it, it comes down to that. Is it God's command or is it not? Right. Yeah. And we know that that faith, right, true biblical faith is obedience to God's command. We see that in Hebrews chapter yeah. 11. Uh, Noah obeyed God or by faith, Noah built the ark. Another way of saying Noah obeyed God. Build the ark exactly the way God said it. Abraham obeyed God. 
left uh, uh, his, his, his land where he was living to go to the promised land. So if baptism is commanded by God, then as followers of, of God, as, as followers of Christ, we need to obey it. And it is commanded by God, right? Uh, yeah. Jesus, God in the flesh himself said, and I already quoted this, I will quote it again, right? In Mark 16, verse 15 and 16, he commanded his disciples to go and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he says, he who believes, believes what? Believes the gospel, right? He who believes and is baptized will be saved, right? And if we will not listen to Jesus, then you might as well throw away the rest of the New Testament, right? Because, because Jesus said it is required. Uh, the apostle Paul, Peter, Luke wrote in the book of Acts and shared about 10 examples where we see uh, people being baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. So, so when, it, when we come back to the question that, that, that you brought up, why baptism? Well, because I want to be forgiven, right? Mm. I want the forgiveness of my sins. And we know that if we are not forgiven, we're not going to heaven. We know that, right? One must be forgiven in order to go to heaven. And Jesus in Matthew 26, verse 28, he said this about his blood, right? He said, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for this purpose, for the remission of sins. And, and, and you find that same phrase, phrase used by Peter in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, when Peter preached the gospel of Christ, people heard it and people cried out to Peter and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Right? We, we've killed the Christ. Yeah. What, how can we be forgiven of this? And Peter says, repent and be baptized or let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That, that Our phrase, for the remission of sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit peter says you know you need repent you need to repent that is to give up a lifestyle of sin and to serve god right leave sin and serve god and and and, and be baptized in order to be forgiven of all of your sins and, and i want to attach this to the to our concept with the jordan river right because we sing about it in the church. We mm. sing a song that goes like this. I'm only going over Jordan. Mm -hmm. I'm only going over home. Right? When we sing that song, we're not talking about the land of Canaan. <laughs> we're talking about heaven. Yeah. Right? And, and to get there, we must be forgiven. Yes. To get there, to cross, to get to Canaan, we must go through the Jordan. We must cross the Jordan. And, so, and therefore, we must be forgiven of our sins in order to enter the promised land. Uh, that's yeah, why we yeah. need baptism. We need forgiveness. Yes, yes. It, and I, you've, you've expressed it enough, and hopefully, um, hopefully, 
the scripture is 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 clear in our listeners' minds. Um, if if you if you're seeking to reach out, um, if you want to be baptized, uh, find a local church of Christ. Uh, uh, speak with the elders or speak with the minister there. They will more uh, than than be glad to to help you and to assist you and to help you grow in Christ. Once you have entered into the water of grave of baptism, rose up a new a new creature. If you want to reach out to us, you have any questions, um, all of our um, information is in the, the link below. You can go check out our website at uh, scattering abroad, uh, scattering, scatteredabroad.org. Um, we, we do appreciate you for, for listening. If you believe that this episode will help somebody else, please uh, share it with them. Uh, go give us a like uh, on Facebook. Um, subscribe to our content on YouTube. Uh, we do appreciate you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.